0: Ghost
1: Riders in the Sky, today on the Music Universe Podcast.
0: This episode of the Music Universe Podcast is sponsored by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel-sized diffuser, and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed, and if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90
1: fragrances
0: available for diffusing, as room, and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, there's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code musicuni I ten for ten percent off your order. And that is one zero on that ten. Music UNI, one zero. Sent your space with Aroma Retail.
1: I'm all blinged out, buddy.
2: I see that. I I love those Manuel's. They're they're really cool.
1: I have I have too many of them now. They're like my they're like, I don't collect art. I collect Manuel's. Well, it's art. It's a type of art. Oh, it is a type of art. And Manuel is 90. And he still has input in them. You should see it's still in Pennsylvania because I backpacked from Pennsylvania. Well, I didn't backpack as in hike. But I, I only right. took the backpack from, um, from Pennsylvania to a personal weekend in Massachusetts to see a certain cowboy for the 16th and 17th time. And uh, (laughs) I, uh, and so Uh, I left like nearly everything, including my Zoom that goes in the podcast studio that's in a closet over there, left nearly everything uh, in Pennsylvania, including the Manuel that they, uh, that they sort of fixed up for me, put my name in the tag. This is my very first one. And it's the only one that uh, I have that has a little bit of bling to it. So I had to wear it for our interview with ranger doug green of writers in the sky Uh, too slim too slim was supposed to be with us as well but he fell ill lost his voice uh Mm. didn't even sing when they appeared on the opry the night before our interview and uh it was it was it was a lot of fun talking with doug though because we hear about the beginning in the 70s the the little bit of change up and how the fact that even though they are a music <clears throat> and comedy duo, the comedy was just a natural byproduct of their camaraderie, uh, or the comedy was just a byproduct of of their camaraderie, and was never supposed to. When they first formed, they didn't know that that was going to be in there, you know, a part of their identity. And we talk about everything because I asked. I said, "Listen, I said for this interview, you'll see me stand up." I said, "For this interview, I had to wear the Manuel," well. and 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 Doug laughed and talked about you know the the inspiration for. For wearing the, the flashy the flashy shirts and jackets like they do, and uh, gave me a, another tip of a of a designer who who uh, studied under Manuel in Hollywood and now has a shop in Hollywood. And I'm oh, thinking great. I need I need great. yeah yep great <sighs> <laughs> it continues
2: it continues no. but no uh, no but, I I gotta stop it yeah <laughs> I'm gonna call your mother. That always gets you to almost hang
1: up on me every time I mention that. I'm almost a 28-year-old man. I think I can make irresponsible decisions without my mother
2: yelling but, at me. Yeah, but then I'm the driver, so I'm held responsible for enabling that irresponsibility. You got an Apple Watch just because Buddy and his daughter have an Apple Watch. Well, let, let me tell you, if 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 and this is a big if you do that, and it's relatively close to the um, Danico factory. Right. We'll try to hit both. Right. Because, yes, when we were in Nashville in April, I kind of fell in love with some Danicos. You were back there in May, and I you know, paid you to go get me some shirts. You know, my return find.
1: ticket to – I'm just thinking out loud here. My return ticket to D.C., was so expensive, I might be able to actually transfer it to to fly out to LA and you can meet me there and we can do the, whole, the Grammy Museum, we can- Oh, let's talk to Ranger Doug now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other thing you should know is if you don't know the name, <laughs> I do think my generation will know the music, your generation will know the music from um, Toy Story 2. Yeah. They had two songs in Toy Story 2 uh, very, very iconic. They won a Grammy for the Toy Story 2 album, or the album they put together Was, uh, yeah, with that soundtrack. music for the soundtrack. Yes. Um, very, very cool. They uh, have 40 albums uh, all together throughout their f- almost 45-year career. Though They turned 45 this year. And uh, I think they have uh, two Grammys, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken, and you might have to edit that part out. but. Um, they're a very, very well accomplished group. And I think when we saw them on the Opry, and this is what led me to want to interview them, one of the most entertaining people we saw that night at the Opry and the Opry for anybody who's never been is quite the marathon. It's about two and a half hours. You get a bunch of groups that come in, they, they have an intermission and writers played before intermission and earned a standing ovation. And Doug said he remembered that show because it was, uh, it was one of only four times on the Opry that they've gotten a standing ovation. So without giving,
2: go ahead. I'm going to say, I don't have to do any editing. You were correct. Two Grammys.
1: Two Grammys. Yes. See, I, I retain weird facts. And then I second guess myself. So without any spoiling any more of the interview, here is our interview with Ranger Doug green from writers in the sky. Ranger Doug green. Welcome to the music universe podcast. How are you, sir? I'm excellent, Matt. Thank you very
3: much. Enjoying my uh, stay here at the Harmony Ranch in Nashville.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. So um, I had wanted to ask to start all of this off. You guys, Writers of the Sky, are members of the Grand Ole Opry. And it's kind of a result of an initiative you took to write uh, how Prince, when he was the... uh, when he was the manager of the Opry, uh, to write him and say you wanted to be a member. Tell me about that back in 1982. Hal Durham? Yeah, Hal Durham. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> well, yes. we had, of course, we knew him, and we had uh, guested on the Opry, I think, 25 times. Mm-hmm. And we were bringing something different, uh, something that didn't... Uh, didn't conflict with any other members' uh, music or, or style, and yet it was part of uh, what you could call, I suppose, one of the branches of the country music tree, uh, the Western branch, and they didn't have anybody else on there that did that. Uh, yes. So uh, being the uh, fearless and unafraid of <laughs> rejection <laughs> kind of fellow that I am, I just went to Hal and said, uh, you know, we've we've done well on the Opry. Uh, People have enjoyed us, and we do something completely different from anyone else. And we think uh, uh, we love the Opry. We've grown up with the Opry, and we think that we'd be a nice addition if you would consider it. And he did consider it, and he did ask uh, formally. Mm -hmm. And uh, next month, on June 19th, will mark the day that... Ernest Tubb introduced us as the newest members of the Grand Ole Opry on June 19th.
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. So now let's go all the way back to the formation of writers. What came first, the music or the comedy? And how did the how did you guys evolve not only as a band, but as an act?
3: Well, the music for sure. I had mm-hmm. tried two or three times to put together. Little groups I'd done some solo work which i hate uh, <laughs> as a as a western singer and I've played got together guys from other bands and there are a million good musicians in Nashville but I couldn't I didn't ever find the people that had the passion for the western music for harmony uh, they they could play the daylights out of what they could play but they just didn't have the passion for it until I found too slim <laughs> and then, uh, he and I had played in several little jug bands and bluegrass bands and all kinds of, all the kind of things you do when you're trying to somehow start a career. And, uh, a friend of ours who actually had been a friend of my brothers in, uh, in grade school who had moved to Nashville and was a terrific guitar player, Wendy, Bill Collins, and, uh, a girl named Patty Hall a wonderful folk singer, songwriter, said uh, about one or two days out, hey, I'm really feeling terrible. I need uh, somebody to fill in. Would you fill in for me at this little club called Harry's Franks and Steins, which obviously served beer and hot dogs. So uh, I said, sure. And I called up Slim and said, "Uh, Slim, would you? Well, he was Fred then. (laughs) Fred <laughs> would would you like to play the bass and uh, and we'll learn some cowboy songs and and he said yeah can I play the upright bass and I said you have to play the upright bass and he said well I don't have a hat I said well I have a hat I'll give you a hat and and he and I and Bill got together for one rehearsal <laughs> and, and then we went on the next night and and laughed our asses off to be honest uh, <laughs> Bill was a very funny guy and uh, Slim of course is a genius comedian and I used to think I was a funny guy till I met Slim <laughs> and we just made each other laugh all night and and had so much fun and and just loved singing this harmony you know and and uh, bringing this music which at that point was sort of relegated to the dusty nostalgia bins in the record store and, uh, we were young guys and we were bringing it back to life and, uh, caught on pretty quickly. And around August of the next year, which was 1978, uh, Bill felt that he, uh, he didn't know that there's any real future in this. And he had a pretty good steady job with Dickie Lee, the country singer. So he said, uh, I'm going to retire and Woody Paul had come up, uh, Shortly before that, seeing one of our little club shows said, uh, in his modest and humble way, boys, I think you could use me. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so he joined in August of 78 uh, and, uh, we did our first road dates at the Kentucky state fair, 10 days in the vegetable hall of giant vegetables for 2,500 bucks and things took off from there.
1: I love it. You know, I- uh, it was one of those things where I saw you on the Opry and I'm like, no, these guys saw them on TV on the Opry growing up, but I know that music and we'll get to it a little bit. We'll get to why I know that music in a while, a little bit, but it's what you said just there that that Western style was relegated. And so often we hear country and Western just to describe country music. So I want to invite you in your own words just describe Western music versus country music.
3: I often say that we're the Western 1% of country and Western. <laughs> well, uh, you know, to me, it's, uh, there are Western love songs, of course, uh, right back to the very beginning, the red river Valley, they've sung, cowboys have sung about love and romance, but basically it's, uh, the Sons of the Pioneers, uh, brilliant songwriting of Tim Spencer and Bob Nolan kind of opened it up to an appreciation of the outdoors, of the West, of the scenery, of the majesty of the West, and uh, uh, the songs that they wrote were not so much about moving cattle along or or uh, stampedes like the earlier cowboy songs had been. They were really about appreciation of the outdoors. and. Uh, and the Western way of life. And uh, that just so appealed to me and to slim and to Woody, uh, as Woody often says, his, his impetus to, to get into this music was, uh, it was all about the outlaw movie in, in the seventies. Right. And he, and he just said to himself, well, where are the guys with the white hats? You know, I grew up with the Lone Ranger and Cheyenne and, uh, Sugarfoot, you know, I just, uh, I want to see the good guys win a few here. <laughs> and, and so he started completely separately from me. And, uh, although I'd known him, I mean, you know, any Nashville's music community, you kind of get to know everybody else who plays acoustic music, at least in the seventies. There's so many more now that it's not quite as quite the same, but it was a, it was a small community and I knew Woody and, uh, but he began writing cowboy songs on his own too. And I was writing cowboy songs on my own. And, and Slim was writing country songs for a while. And we got, he got into the Western field too. Cause we all grown up with it. We, right. we, Gene Autry and Roy Rogers were on television as well as those uh, Warner Brothers, uh, non singing Westerns. And we'd all grown up with Western movies. Uh, it was part of our childhood, and and we all kind of had this universal feel that, uh, that something precious was being ignored, and that this was a valuable uh, sort of music, a valuable slice of the very varied American musical pie, and we didn't want to see it disappear. So there was a mission at the start <laughs> to keep it alive and keep it, going and the comedy as you say just came came along from the very first night it wasn't a planned thing it's just uh, slim calls it organic an oh, organic yeah. comedy we just uh, you say something funny and if people laugh it stays in the show you know if they don't <laughs> laugh uh, you don't say it again <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love it and i love the way that you guys dress as well i i Figured you probably wouldn't be dressed, but I had to put on the Manuel just because <laughs> I was talking to you guys. When did that come about? See, I love to talk to. We talk. We can talk music all all day long. But when I saw you guys on the Opry, it, it, the reason I want to talk to you is because you're the whole package, and it makes me so curious. When did this element come in? When did that element come in? So we talked about the comedy. We talked about the music. What about that style of of dress? The flamboyant cowboy style of dress for you guys
3: oh that was there from the very start we all oh, cool. we all dressed up like that from the start we we loved those great outfits roy rogers used to wear and Gene yeah. Autry used to wear and uh just uh, uh some of the groups like uh, the truck wagon groups who kept the the style going bravely <laughs> through the 60s and 70s when it wasn't so popular you know they, they more dressed like working cowboys jeans and and uh, checkered shirts and I understand that approach but we just love that movie look we wanted to recreate that that really romantic uh, uh, era of Western music like Rex Allen and, and Roy Rogers war
1: love it I love it I so throughout the 80s once the lineup was set what where other than the Opry where would you guys perform you mentioned? state fairs you released dozens and dozens of records and it seems like you've never stopped you never stopped touring
3: <laughs> well only only the uh COVID-19 stopped us from touring right we still love uh, we love bringing our music all over America and the world it's just uh and that's one of been been one of my things I've loved about it we played every state we played like 17 foreign countries we've Seen things I never would have gotten to see if I was a teacher or an insurance executive or
1: something, you know yeah it's amazing. And then in the 90, in the late nineties, you get a call from the Walt Disney Company for Toy Story Two. Tell us about that. I mean, how did Disney find you guys?
3: Well, uh, it's a great story. It's actually to to put a fine point on it. It was Pixar that called us right. We, uh, and the way they tell it, they were having a storyboard meeting, they decided that, uh, when they put Woody on the screen, they would play a, a bit of music to like a fifties theme song.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: so they asked Randy Newman to write one and he did. And if you can imagine Randy Newman singing it, uh, <laughs> they knew they had to get somebody that sounded like an authentic uh, group from the period luckily we had a mole in the organization a young man named ash brannan who was uh, one of the producers and he said oh i know the guys and so he went to our website downloaded yodeling and they all looked at each other with great big eyeballs and said those are the guys so they called us up and said uh, would you be interested in uh, appearing in the uh, singing song in the movie toy story 2 and we Considered it deeply for an eighth of a second and said, yes! (laughs) And that's how we got the job.
1: Love it. And what did that do? I mean, you guys had established such a name for yourselves among country music fans. What did that do once Toy Story came out? Uh, What did that do for your popularity as a group once the music hit theaters and hit home video?
3: Well, as you can record. imagine, there was a nice boost. I've often thought of our career as having three big waves. Mm-hmm. And the first the first one was the early 80s when we did Austin City Limits and, uh, and uh, joined the Grand Ole Opry in 1982. And then that, you know, the calm down. And then we did that TV show on CBS, and that was a nice big wave, the kids' show Saturday morning. And then that calmed down a little bit, and suddenly here's Toy Story Two, and that's a great big wave. So it's it really prolonged our career. I'm kind of waiting for the fourth wave, but so far I'm still waiting.
1: Oh, it'll come. I'm sure it will. But we've stayed busy. We've stayed. We've yeah. done
3: over seven thousand uh, 7,800 appearances. So that's we're, we're staying busy.
1: That's amazing. Are you working on any new music? Any new albums to add to the? literally over 40 records that you guys have released
3: well that's a funny thing uh really we're not mm. um, we're thinking of of uh, putting together an album of greatest hits for our 40th 45th anniversary uh, from uh, older cuts that we've gotten the rights to but uh, you know we sort of feel that uh we got a lot of stuff out there already with 40 albums out there and it, Everyone's available thanks to the digital mm-hmm. economy. You don't have to, you know, the, the Disney record is long out of print, but <laughs> you, can, you can buy uh, Jesse the Odling Cowgirl on the internet all day. You know, so uh, there's so much stuff out there. I guess we just feel that, that our, our very best stuff is, is still available and uh, there's not much need for something new. I personally have been writing a lot more songs, so I, I would like to see us do something new. But the consensus of the band is that uh, maybe, maybe we'll stick with what we know was good.
1: And and you're the rare group that, while well, the music is excellent, the true the true experience is to see you guys live. I mean, yeah. your reaction on the Opry, the reaction I saw was just you ended the first half the night that I saw you, um, and. Yeah and just standing ovation for this group that people were there for Sarah, (laughs) people were there for Keith that were disappointed that night that he had to cancel. And here you guys come dressed up, like you said, like you're in a Gene Autry film and you just hammer them and and you you have them (laughs) right here. I mean, does it ever cease to amaze you that that you can come out and to some people, I mean this with all the respect in my heart, you know, that are there for other artists on the Opry stage come out, they might not know who you are and you still get that incredible reaction.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, what can I say? As you can imagine, it's an incredible thrill. It's just, uh, Mm -hmm. it's so rewarding. It's like uh, we've spent a lifetime doing what we love and, and, Standing ovation at the opera is so rare. And so, and we've had four of them now. Wow. It's just, um, I'm sort of speechless. I can't really describe how it feels, but it, you can imagine to a performer to have, uh, 4,000 people rise to their feet because <laughs> uh, of whom, as you say, I'm sure two thirds, uh, th- three quarters have never heard of us. It, it, it's entirely new to them. And, and they loved it.
1: But when you do go and you are the e-ticket attraction and people pay to come see you, I don't want to discount mm-hmm. that. Was it, yeah. what's the reaction of the crowds like in that environment? I can imagine it's, it's just as amazing as, as at the Opry.
3: Oh gosh, it depends so much. You know, we've had, we've had a, a Sunday afternoon matinee appearances where everybody's gone to church and had a big lunch and, uh, mm-hmm. uh 20 percent of the audience is asleep <laughs> it, it just depends but generally yeah the reaction is generally really good people have come to see us they they want to be entertained they want to hear the new songs and the classics and they want to come laugh they know they're going to when they see us
1: it's it's amazing and i just want to talk about for a moment the era where you joined the grand old opry it, it seems like now the Opry doesn't so much, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be pulling this out of thin air, but it seems like now the Opry doesn't so much do um, sort of in-house members like they did in the 50s, 60s, up through the 80s, where you didn't, they weren't big, big, big recording acts, but they were people that were members of the Grand Ole Opry. Would you like to see something like that come back? where where it's like sort of club opry if that makes any sense
3: oh i don't know there there are so many new artists out there and they're mm-hmm. they're they're trying to get new audience i i completely yeah. get that and some of those kids are really great you know
1: and yeah uh i,
3: I know why they're doing that and and um it doesn't bother me. It's not my decision. They use this right. us a lot, and I love it, and I love the Opry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll just go when they ask us.
1: I, I love the opera too. It's it's fantastic. And I got to say, that night in early April, I think it was April 9th, was the date we saw you guys, uh, just mm-hmm. to remember that, because that's the date I flew in, and my, uh, oh gosh, it was exhausting. But we got to the show, yeah. and, and you were, you guys made a new, I mean, I grew up with Toy Story, but I was like, <laughs> you know but i was like oh those are the guys that's no. you know and i and you have a new fan in me from from that opera appearance so great so ranger doug green thank you very much this was a pleasure thank you so much for being here sir
3: well the joy talking to you i hope uh, hope somebody's learned a little something about us that they might not have known and i really appreciate you taking the time and uh, very much appreciate your enthusiasm
1: Well, thank you, sir. You take care, and uh, I'm sure I'll come and see you guys on the road if you ever get up towards uh, Virginia-Maryland Way uh, or even Pennsylvania. Oh, we do. We do. (laughs) Uh, Great, great,
2: great, great. All right. They were really a big highlight when we saw them. uh, Yeah, they were. And we weren't expecting to see them um, because it was just kind of a whirlwind of a week, and that was the first night we we literally landed
1: and went. To the yeah, I say it in the interview, I was so exhausted. I didn't go into it with him. But what had happened was, what had happened was, I had a, a mid-morning flight, so it wasn't too terrible. It wasn't like I had to wake up early uh, or an afternoon flight. You were going to land about 45 minutes after me. So I just stuck around at the airport. Uh, I got to the airport. My luggage got to the airport. Uh, the carry-on, I decided to check as well, because I got a free, you know, your flight doesn't have a lot of overhead bin. You want to check it. It was just my hat tin. And I'm like, I don't really want to carry this. So in goes the hat tin. You've all seen me in the granite cowboy hat. That's kind of my signature hat now, because it actually Mm -hmm. looks better on me than the black hats. So I wear that now and I take it almost every time I go to Nashville. Uh, I will not be taking it for CMA Fest because we'll be outside most of the time. I just don't need to risk it. Yes, you um, will be. I'm not, I'm not taking it, I can guarantee you. I I but anyway, I might buy a straw hat there, who knows? But anyway, I uh, <laughs> right place for it. That's true. I'm actually right your favorite store boot barn right there on Broadway. Well, actually, I want to say this. I love Nashville, love Lower Broadway, love the Opera Land area, love Columbine Pike because my boy Manuel, <laughs> but what's their address i mean just it's give them the address <laughs> i don't know the address they're just oh, they're on I that little shop did. along columbine pipe go walk walk in well is knew. there at the front she's very very helpful and uh, and actually some of the stuff is very very reasonably priced some of the stuff you'll go hey, here it's more than i make in a month but uh some of the stuff is actually very cool for for a I living stop, legend yeah. what doesn't stop you. No, it doesn't. Very, very reasonably priced for a living legend. But anyway, where was I? So I had the hat tin that got on a later flight. So I talked with the guy. I talked with it. I'm never checking it at, I think what it was is it's such a weird shape that it probably mm. didn't hit the appropriate scanners and sensors. So it got, you know, knocked off. To the side, and and somebody had to go. Oh shit! This didn't make the flight, and <laughs> and and uh, put it on another flight to Nashville. And so, so from now on, if I have to check it under the plane, I will gate check it, where they literally take it from the jetway and put it underneath the plane. So right. any anyway, anyway, we had we went to the Opry, and then we went back to the airport after the Opry, or I should say after somebody lost and found our car you know you're just as guilty of that <laughs> and then we went back to the and it's funny because you you said wait here and I waited on this meeting the grassy meeting and they're calling me from the airport hey uh your hat got in about 20 minutes ago I said yeah we're coming we're just getting out of the Opry trying to find our car in the in the mall we'll we'll be there and he just laughed he goes I, I know that feeling and there. see you make fun
2: of me yet everybody knows that feeling you get lost in that place plus it's not a car i'm used to seeing and when you click the <laughs> clicker it didn't honk <coughs> <laughs> who designed shit that doesn't honk these days i mean that was insane i'm just <laughs> and then of course the mishap when we pick up the car we can't find how to open the trunk because it's hidden under a damn tail light Oh, oh gosh. Embarrassing moments we shouldn't talk about on this show. But hey, here so we go. So when you
1: come back again with me in, in June for for CMA oh,
2: Fest. You didn't see you didn't catch that earlier when I said when you said we'll be outside, I go, Yes, you will be. <laughs>
1: uh I said you know, it will episode, be outside. So I didn't this
2: episode I didn't... will likely have aired after that, and then right. we'll
1: be arguing this episode... over nothing. Brought to you by the letter M for Manuel and the letter R for rhinestones <laughs> or R for Riders in the sky for the music universe podcast. <laughs> I'm Matt
2: and I'm buddy. Thanks for listening and watching. Be sure to hit that like subscribe and share button and check us out at the musicuniverse.com for the latest news reviews and all kinds of other
0: great stuff. Take care. This episode of the Music Universe podcast is sponsored by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel-sized diffuser and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed. And if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, there's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MUSICUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is 1-0 on that 10. Music I 10. Sent your space with Aroma Retail. <music>